0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back inside the Shark Tank for another episode of the podcast. My name is Lewis, and joining me, as always, uh, to discuss uh, a very significant win for Sale in the course of their season twenty six points to twenty two over Gloucester. My co-hosts, Alex and James. Alex, uh, you were there on Saturday. Uh, how are you? Uh, how are you feeling? Um,
1: glad to get the win. Slightly frustrated at um giving Gloucester two bonus points in the context of the wider season. But um we've only lost at the AJ Bell once all season, so I suppose you can't complain as a season ticket holder when um, when that's been the result so far.
0: That was a start that I uh, I actually wasn't aware of. Obviously it was the Exeter game right at the start of the season, wasn't it? What that we uh we, we got bested in. But it, I mean, we'll talk about this. It, it does feel like we are making progress at the table, glacial as it as it is because of two points to Gloucester here, two points to Exeter there, et cetera. But we are moving in the right direction. How are you feeling, James?
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty good. I mean, I, I think it just keeps in the hunt. I think it's, you know, look, we'll get into talking about it all right. But, like, it was a must-win game and we won with five points. It was not perfect, um, but the extra result as well means that top four is, with only five games left, It's a, we've still got an outside chance. So, um, you know, just being with the hunt this this close to the end of the season keeps us interested, keeps us with stuff to talk about on the pod.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, let's uh, Alex, let's do a heat check here, because on the face of it, it's a bonus point win for Sale, it's five points for Rosalie, it's two for Gloucester. Do you think that's a fair reflection of, of, of what transpired on the field on, on the day or do you think one team was was luckier than others to, to go away with their hole?
1: To be honest, I think it probably was fair on the performance. I think the frustration as a sale fan is that we could have potentially denied Gloucester anything um, and Gloucester had a very good rolling ball which got them three of their four tries um, and That's you know, they they were fully deserved those tries from from where they scored them. But I think the problem that I sort of had with that as a Sale fan is that the only reason they were ever in a position to roll those mauls across our line is because we gave away numerous penalties back to back that allowed them to get into the corner. And, you know, it's a it's a very effective weapon, that maul. Um but if we give them opportunities, then then I feel like, you know, when it's through discipline, through poor discipline that's really frustrating because, you know, you know, tackling, not rolling away, that kind of thing. It's just, it's easy penalties to avoid giving away. So um, there's a frustration that it feels like, oh, sales should have won this by more. But actually on the basis of us, our discipline being appalling yet again, I think the, the result at the end of end of the day was fair. Um, I think we deserved to win because we played the better rugby. And Gloucester didn't actually look like breaking our defence down the majority of the time. But, you know, it, as I say, if... There is a massive, massive flaw in our game and there has been for two or three seasons and that is the fact that we give away penalties consistently. And the problem is, it's our best players giving away penalties. As I was, as I was saying on the day, you know, it's Sean, Luke, it's Dan, it's, he wasn't playing, but Lude is a, an absolute fiend for it, Faf's quite bad for it. And, you know, it's, it's the, that's the problem is that those players make such positive impact on sale and probably won us the game, but they also give away the penalties that mean we can't, And it feels like we'll struggle to ever win a premiership with that discipline. And I I think it's a bit of a dilemma. But, yeah, I think Sale deserved to win. I think Sale gave Gloucester a losing bonus point that ultimately deserved. But I don't think their play deserved it. I think it was more that we infringed far too often.
0: That that is really interesting because the numbers do sort of back that up. You know, uh, Sale, 53-47% possession. 60%, 40% Sixty percent, forty percent territory. You you made a, a good point there about Gloucester struggling to, to to threaten Sale in 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 attack. You know, Sale made five clean breaks to Gloucester's one. Sale beat twenty seven defenders to, to Gloucester's nine. It, it really sort of felt like yeah, we we did have the rub of the green. Uh, we were the better team, um, and and we've maybe given something to Gloucester, which which maybe they shouldn't have. And we'll we'll go we'll on to maybe why that was. Momentarily, where, where do you stand on it though, James? You know, on, on reflection, are you are you sort of happy with the five points, or a, again, do you think because of how close the season is, uh, do you think it, it's almost sort of um, t- two points lost because we gave them away to Gloucester?
2: I, I think it is. You're seeing pe- people like that Irish. Okay, they didn't get anything this time, did they? But they've been picking up points like they did from us. Took away three points. Um, you know, nearly all of the other big teams are just picking up bonus points as well, right? So I was getting five points, actually, the bare minimum. The only other thing within our control is to prevent the team we're playing from getting from getting them as well, which is why Northampton also cocked up yesterday when uh, Grayson missed two kicks in front of the post with like in the last few seconds of the game to to prevent a, a losing bonus point. Um, so that I think it will come back to haunt us because I think I think the thing on it is that we are we've got all the momentum, we keep picking up all these points. it just shows how awful our start of the season really was because our form since the beginning of the year this year, certainly since the beginning of February has been absolutely outstanding we've picked up loads and loads of points, but people have been picking up points alongside, and we've not only got to be it's not like we're fifth and we're head to head with Exeter. we're actually seventh. We actually have a team below us that, with a game in hand, five-pointer could still move ahead of us. So that would move us to eighth. I think that's right, isn't it? Saints could still, in theory, move ahead of us. Yep, that's so, right. Yeah, so so we then we then rely on fifth, sixth, and seventh, and fourth. So we we need four teams to to we need to outperform perform four teams. Now, on current trajectory, we might just make it. But that means we have to continue our form for another five games. And we know that even on the run we went on last year, you know, the last couple of games, we just sort of ran out a bit of steam. We haven't been rotating the squad as much. So I think there's going to be some pretty heavy legs out there come the end of the season. So I, th- I think um, I think Gloucester got away with the two points, if I'm honest. I thought the only thing they brought was a great attacking maul and that was it. Um, I, 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 I really struggle to understand how they've managed to score four tries. And of course, differentiator there is the brain fart from Faff, who had his best game for a long time in a sale jersey. I thought, but just just that one 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 thing. It was Sanderson's got it right. It was a fourteen-point swing that that pass. You know, we, we should have executed and scored there, and game would have been long gone. Would have managed the game from there, and you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't have wouldn't have allowed Gloucester the, the the two losing bonus points because it would have been two as well. That's the thing because of the extra try there, and then that got them within two. So I, I, I think it, it... Yeah, so all in all, I'm a bit disappointed by that. But, like, you know, you, if we'd been given five points before the beginning of the game, we would have taken it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because you are sort of foreshadowing the three-word reviews for for this week. You know, so we'll start with Taylor Ross, two points gifted, Peter Taylor, faff-defining moments, and, and then he goes on to explain that it is about that that intercept try, uh, Smallsy, bull, Bulldozer De Uh Zach, signed Twins Forever, uh, Matt L, two points gifted again, uh, and Molden's Rugby Dad, Fath, best slash worst. Um, Alex, we were chatting about this a little bit off, off air. Um, you were there on the day, obviously, um, and it kind of felt that De Klerk had maybe best game of the season? Do you think that's... Do, do, you know, I, I, am, I, uh, am I paraphrasing you correctly there?
1: Yeah, probably best game of the last two seasons. Certainly the best I've seen him play for a long, long time in a sales shirt. You know, miles better than anything. He's t- I mean, every time I've seen him this season, he's, obviously he's been coming back from injury and it's been, been tough. But you could just tell on, on Saturday he had the groove back. You know, he was throwing passes between the legs. He was doing a little flick out the back. He was... Spinning the ball at the scrum, looking like you know, it was just all the things that you go right. Faf's in the mood today, and he's gonna he's gonna try stuff, and some of it will come off, and some of it won't. And I think that's the the thing you have to accept. And and you know, you're very, I'm very okay with Faf trying to throw a miracle pass that Charlie Chapman intercepts, runs length of the field to score, um, because you know he's a net gain for us. He, you know, fundamentally, without him on the field, number one, we wouldn't have kicked any of our bloody conversions. I'll tell you that because we didn't. We'd, Faf was kicking all the conversions, and number two, he ran the game. So you know, the net point gain is positive. There is clearly other issues that result in us. Yes, it's fourteen point swing. Axe is right, but also it's not Faf that has caused a fourteen point. You know. He might have caused that 14 point swing, but then you've got to take into account the fact he scored a try beforehand and, and the fact that the speed of ball he gave from the rook got AJ's try. So, you know, Faf's, Faf's net impact on the game is a positive one. The The problem for me is that, you know, it lies elsewhere. And I think you know what you're getting with Faf. And, and sorry, this is all a very long way of saying it was an absolutely superb performance. It was genuinely him at his best. Um and it, and it it's a it's a worry because i think when aj went off you saw how much we relied on Faf and you know looking ahead to next season as we as we sort of have to do at this point george ford is probably going to be away with england i know we signed him when he wasn't getting picked by england but realistically he's probably going to be away with england and we are also, we're so our two starting halfbacks from this weekend won't be with the club anymore next season. That's a massive change. And and now, in fairness, Gus War came off the bench and had a really good game. Um, so there is a you know, there's there is sort of there's hope there, but I do think that this this game showed how much we're going to miss path. And and there's a lot of off the field factors that mean we can't keep him, and that's fine. You know, the, the salary cap, what it is, his pay, what it is, it all makes sense. And for him as a player, I think it's the right decision. But I think it was a real wake-up call to go, we haven't really missed him this season, I don't think. And when he came back, we were thinking, oh, we didn't miss him that much. Because, you know, he's good and he adds the extra touch. Saturday showed that he can run a game and he can ultimately be the difference between us winning and losing, which I think he was, genuinely. I think the the reason we win that game is a large part of it. Um, And, yeah, that, that means that it's a bit of a worry in the back of my head as to what comes next. And, you know, that's that's what we've got to solve. And, and if Rafi work is getting picked by England or getting injured and George Ford is doing the same, we have to have a serious think about where the squad is and, and what the squad depth looks like. And is it, you know, can Gus Ward, Kieran Wilkinson, Tom Curtis step up to that 9-10 role?
0: I think it is interesting that you talk about uh, a net difference because you could probably just call it three points based on the uh, you know based on how things played out on uh, on, on Saturday afternoon. Such was the clerks' impacts, both, both both positive and negative. But you're right, like you know that's what drives us to a win, and that that's what got us the five points. And there are questions, you know, what do we do next year? You know, there's, there's you know how confident can we feel going into the season with you know Quirk, War, Cliff is your 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 choice of three. Halfbacks, uh, you know. The honest answer is, uh, I, I don't know. So we'll see what happens with the clerk potentially going to Japan. But it was really good to get that kind of vintage back, uh, you know, this uh, uh, th- this past weekend, and, and obviously kind of keep pushing that momentum forward. Um, James, what else sort of stood out to you from from this game though? Because you know, this felt a bit like Sale of old, the clerk pulling the strings, you know, scoring tries, kicking kicking conversions, all the rest of it. Um, well, obviously, he's just one cog uh, in the in the machine. Who else jumped out at you as a, as a driving factor on Saturday?
2: Quite a few. I think um, the centres both, you know, after Rob Dupree had the move um, into 10, just to go show how great that is actually, by the way, from a flexibility point of view to adapt within game. Um, but I thought that Sam Hill, basically, his first appearance of the year, as far as I could work out, Um Showed himself to be physically competent, like from day one, which I thought was quite interesting. You know, there was no rustiness seemingly there for him. Um, and you know, with with Rohan potentially off, um, you know, Sam Hill. We, I'm not 100 sure what his uh, contract status is. We'll have to have a look at our contract tracker on the Patreon. Um, but um, having a fit Sam Hill, who has won championships with Exeter, there. I think is a really solid go-to option, and then of course the other thing is is that Connor Doherty showed up again like really well. You know, he 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 has actually had we've seen him only uh, briefly in the last um, couple of seasons, but when he has played, he has showed the level of confidence which gives us the the uh, the confidence that he is going to be a good Premiership player now. Um, and so I think certainly as he fills out and he gets naturally a little bit bigger and stronger, and also the fact he can play twelve and thirteen is, is it, it, not many people do that actually in modern rugby. You look at Henry Slade struggling to, to move across to twelve; it's actually quite a difficult thing to do to play across twelve and thirteen now. So, um, so that I thought that was good. I thought Luke James slotted straight back in as if it was like since before his injury. Um, he's one of the, our few players who line breaks really well. What I'd like him to work on and what I'd like the rest of the players to work on is they need to be reading his line much more. Um, people need to be working off the fact that he does break defense, defense's lines and he needs somebody off his shoulder. He, what he doesn't need is kind of, every time he goes through, you always think he's got that kind of 50-50 pass on or just hold on to it. Um, what you need is somebody who's right there uh, draw the fullback and pass basically give or take so um we need our wingers i think that that to be sort of working off that kind of strike move plan so sort i of thought he was good uh i agree that gus wall was good off the bench as well it looks like he might be our our second second choice now next season um with with faff off i think that's a big step up for gus you know going from starting the season as kind of fourth choice and I think seemingly got himself ahead quite rightly of Will Cliff in the pecking order to go straight in A second choice is going to be a big call, big leap of faith uh, of Sanderson into him but again his form since the turn of the year we've hardly seen him but I mean he has been solid every time he's played, no no question about that and then, and then I thought in the pack, um, you know, I don't want to go through absolutely everybody right but I thought Ben Curry looked uh, more combative again, um, I think he has been maybe holding himself back a bit unconsciously. He's still been playing well, but a bit unconsciously with all the knocks to the head that he had been getting. I think he's properly back in the groove now and he's he's looking so mobile, looking so mobile around the park, which is absolutely fantastic. So I don't know, Lewis, if you think I've maybe missed someone off there.
0: I, I think you, you've got to give a shout out to all three of the Dupriers in the, in the pack as well. Obviously, you know, they notably try scorers on the day, or all, all three of them. Um, but what I've... What I've noticed is is the upward trend in the performances of Dan and John Luke has correlated very well with the up the the uplifting performances from the team as a whole. They really are the sort of engine of the team you know if 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 De Klerk is the one driving the bus metaphorically speaking it's it's the depreus who are pushing it you know out the back and and whatnot they they're just sort of vacuum vacuous players in that they draw players in um, and the, their impact is quite quite rarely, mainly felt through the middle of the field. You know, you think about really impactful players, uh, even in the forwards, you know, they're, they're the sort of players who can run over someone in the wing, uh, of the wing or, or something like that. Whereas, you know, all the damage that, that Dan and John Luke do seems to be through the middle of the field. And, and you saw that, obviously, for the for the first try, with the clerk one, where Dan... Very, very wisely does the pick and go from from the the rook. And I think realistically, you know, as you talk about, you know, maybe is De clerk going to move on? Or does Rohan move on or whatever? You know, you agree with Zach from the three-word review where it's like, you know, the, these are guys that you can maybe build a team around now in a way that I, I may, might not have said that two or three years ago. The decision-making is it is what it is. You know, I know, Alex, you know, you you. Rightly pulled out, you know that they, they you know, they got pinged for a couple of penalties and, and stuff like that. But when, when when those players are are on form, they they really push the the self forward, pack forward, and actually they're they're the ones who are giving us a lot of front football on the day. Between them, they made twenty five carries uh, and what is that ninety five meters um, each, you know. And, and, and they are they are massive drivers for the team. And I thought when when they play well, we play well. And when the two of them are playing well in combination with the clerk, it leads to results like this, where you get picking up five points against a, a very good Gloucester team. Um, I also just want to shout out the front row as well. I think we've gone through the entire team now, but just from a from a from a sort of set piece perspective, you know, um, I think the club might have mentioned this uh, earlier uh, today, but you know, Sale didn't lose any of their own scrums, um, and actually they, they were able to push. Uh, Gloucester off the ball on a couple of occasions. You know, you know, Gloucester actually ended up with two two lost scrums there. Obviously a lot of that does come from your forward pack and, and obviously when you've got players like Bevan Rod who were who were holding up really well in the scrum and then also winning a couple of turnovers around the field. Uh you, you know, you and Ashman obviously showing uh, uh maybe a slight return to form. Curley, you stays and has picked his game up a little bit. And then you swap all those guys out in 50, 60 minutes and, you know, Langdon Ashman, sorry, Langdon, McIntyre and Jones come on. You just kind of sealed the deal. It kind of gives a, a sense of cohesiveness in the forward pack that I think we've been missing a little bit so far this year because of all the injuries. But, you know, it really sort of felt like this was, um, if Sale are going to win the games like this, it, it's because, you know, the, the, the scrum and set piece is going well. The uh, the forwards are going well, uh, and obviously the clerk is pulling the strings at uh, at halfback. Um, I guess the, the 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 one thing I did want to ask, you know, to sort of round the, the, this off is, you know, Alex. Obviously, the the downside is, is that injury to AJ, you know, suffered you know towards the end of the first half, and obviously Ben Curry also forced off. Uh, sorry, uh, no, I'm, I'm getting confused here, um, but. I wanted to talk about AJ McGinty specifically, with obviously him going off late in the first half with what was, you know, a pretty nasty looking injury. How how detrimental is that do you think for, for the next couple of weeks for sale, given that oh, I mean we obviously don't know what, what's happened with it so far?
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna to be tough to to deal with because and and not because we don't have you know, Robbie's a good ten and and um, he was sort in there. We've got Karen Wilkinson who is um has looked good and is is coming on. Equally we've got Tom Curtis who is playing really well in the championship. Um and we've also got Sam James who can who can do a job. I think the, the real loss is that loss of Rob at thirteen to me. And that's what we've really benefited from from having that dual playmaker in, in AJ and Rob. Um and just the, the you know the metronomy of AJ's kicking that you can't really replace. Um it, admittedly it's not been absolutely world class as, as it had been uh, at one point but it's still been uh, I, I don't know the stats by it feels like it's been really high um, and he's only ever missed the tough ones it's never like he, he just doesn't miss sitters um, and I think the rest of our kickers are a bit prone to that so I think it'll be a real loss because we I mean we've got it, it's It's almost not the best time for it to happen but it's it's not as bad a time as it could have been for it to happen because we are attacking well and we will score tries but I think, you know, you look at that game on the weekend and probably the conversions were the difference. And, and would we have, you know, we, we were lucky in that we scored in the centre of the pitch most of the time. But if we if we need to nail conversions out wide, it's a real, real test. And, and I think, you know, it's Rob was playing so well at 13 and really getting into the groove. And I think that's contributed to Dan and John Luke's form as well, the fact that Rob's playing well. Um, and, you know, their their connection in the loose and in the back line is, is really, really good. You can see that, you know, they communicate really well with each other and just know where each other are. So I think that's where we'll feel it the most. And, you know, it's, it remains to be seen, I think you lose so much with AJ. He is playing so well. So hopefully we see him again before the end of the season, which, um, you know, it, 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 he I think he actually injured it in the act of scoring, which is unfortunate, but, Hopefully there's uh, there's enough recovery time for him to get back again at some point in the season. But it is it's a real really really tough loss, I think, and and we it'll be an interesting test of how we fare next season because we are going to lose George Ford at points, I'm, I'm no doubt. So um, you know it's it's a good test. It's a shame because it's one of those. If we weren't pushing for top four, it'd actually be a bit of a blessing in disguise in terms of bringing someone through. But I do think because we really are thinking we could make top four, this might be the thing that is the difference between us getting there and not. And there's a lot of variables in that, but it's just another, uh, another casualty of, uh, you know, top four could be another casualty of AJ's injury, which would be a massive shame, but probably a reflection of where we are squad depth-wise anyway. But it, it is interesting,
0: obviously, the timing of AJ's injury, because we are going to pivot now to talking about the the Premiership Rugby Cup, which makes its return this weekend, Sale hosting uh, Wasps at, at one o'clock on uh, on, on Saturday afternoon. Um, because there's maybe a chance here now, f- James, for a Kieran Wilkinson or a, or a Tom Curtis to sort of take the the the, the starting ten jersey for for a little bit. So I wanted to ask you before we start, to, uh, before we talk too much about the Premiership Rugby Cup and, and kind of the, the, the machinations of it all, you know, it, from from your perspective, if you were in the, the the Sanderson seat at the moment with AJ being out, who who do you go to as, as you start in ten for the next couple of weeks?
2: It, it's definitely Kieran Wilson. And actually, last time AJ took a knock and and pulled out, we dropped Kieran Wilson in last minute and kept uh, Rob Dupre at thirteen. I think that definitely is the way that they're going, um, and I think it's influenced their signing of Ford and everything else. I think Kieran Wilson is now our number two fly half. It's just with the with having Sam James most of the time and Rob Dupre in the match day twenty three, you don't you don't need a specialist ten in the twenty three as well. Um, to cover for for, for the first choice 10. I think that's the right way to go. But what it does mean is that your backup 10s, therefore not getting any game time. Um, And I think we have to be quite careful about that. If you have a look at Leicester, the way they've managed Freddie Burns has been brilliant because he has stepped up in George Ford's absence and been really high quality. But he was also, before that, getting lots of game time wherever he could, like in competitions at 10, but also lots of game time at 15. I'm not suggesting that Kilnwickson should be getting game time at 15, but I do think it's a thing for us that we need to think quite carefully about. You can't just pack him off to Sale FC because that's two divisions below. It's just not enough, enough for him now. So they are going to have to find ways of keeping him live and active. This is obviously an option, right opportunity right in front of us. Um, he has absolutely has to play. And for me, he has to play 80 minutes as well. He has to get 80 minutes on his legs in both Premiership Cup games. Um, and, and potentially then starts the premiership game that's sandwiched between as well um, if, if AJ is, not, is is sort of taking him out, out of the game. So Tom Curtis, um, he has been playing at, mostly at 15 for Coventry. Um, he actually started at 12 in the last game at the weekend. So he is somebody who has not been sent out on loan to play 10. So I think that he's very much... Um, you know probably behind they'd probably swap in Rob Dupreer ahead of going straight to Tom Curtis so I think that he's being, being given a real good chance maybe he might be given a go at the 15 jersey um, in, in the Premiership Cup and looking ahead to next season and he's also a good enough footballer that he could play 12 or 13 for us maybe 13 in that same sort of way that Sam James and Rob Dupreer was going to he's adding kind of depth to the squad there so that that's, I think, that answers the question.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Wilco and, and Curtis go at 10 and 15, respectively, because coming back into this competition, say they're in a, a little bit of a precarious spot. So for those of you who aren't uh, Ofe, with the Premiership Rugby Cup format, and, you know, why would you be? Um, the way the tournament is obviously running this year is there are three pools. Um, and what happens after the pool stage is we go straight to uh, the semi finals. So what that means is the three pool winners uh, and the highest ranked second place team, you qualify for the semi finals. And then obviously it's a, a semi final uh, and, and a final setup. What that means for sale though is that our chances of advancing probably hinge now on, on winning our pool. So we're in pool B and currently we sit third out of four teams. Leicester, a top with nine points, Falcon second with six, Sale third on, on four points, and then Wasps uh, at the bottom of that pool uh, with only a single point. So we really have to win our next two games, probably with a bonus point, and cross our fingers that something bad happens to Leicester to, to, have, a real, to have any real chance of, of getting out of our pool. And then when you look at actually the amount of teams who are already above us for that uh best placed second uh spot in the semi-finals well that's looking quite bleak as well so uh just uh, uh, from what i can see in front of me gloucester top of pool a with 11 points but then worcester on 10 exeter on six bristol on five uh, and then in pool c irish already on 10 points quinn's on six saracen's on five as you can see we're, we're kind of near enough the the, the bottom of the uh the um, combined rankings. So it is going to be tough for sale to, you know, to, to sort of qualify, which maybe means, Alex, that we we will see a very youthful team on, on, on Saturday. So, you know, I've just put James in the Sanderson seat, but I'll, I'll do it to yourself as well. You know, what what do you expect from the team that, that we see get picked for this game on Saturday? Do you think it's going to be a case of keeping first team momentum going? Or do you think this is a time to see what the likes of Gus War? Kieran Wilkinson, Tom Curtis, etc., can do with uh, you know a full eighty minutes under the belt.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's clearly not a case of play um, play play the strongest team, um, and it, it, there's a lot of people that need a rest. So, but I do think there's an element of trying to keep that first team involvement and momentum going. You don't want people coming in, you know, absolutely fresh, like but having had no game time. Um, and I think there's a few people who are sort of looking at building up the game time. Simon McIntyre is getting bit by bit more game time. So there's still an opportunity in this competition for him to play. But yeah, I completely agree. I think the likes of Gus War, Kieran Wilkinson, Jack Metcalf, Conor Doherty, those people that we've seen in and around the squad and the bench and, and you know, having those cameos or coming in when there's injuries, this is the time to play them. And, you know, if you look at a backline, for example, of War Wilkinson, Doherty, um you know, probably Luke James still wants a bit of game time, although Simon Hammersley obviously hasn't played in a while. Sam Hill coming back to fitness, still we presume. Um, you know, it's it's Metcalf has has looked electric in the one game that we've seen him so far, and he nearly got on on the weekend, and I don't think quite made it in time. Um, so there's there's definitely a lot of potential there for people to get proper proper game time, and and hopefully. Um, Hopefully sort of stamp the name on the team sheet. You know, Axe has said he's picking on form. Well, build some form in this competition and you you might get in and around the squad. Forwards-wise, I think it's more difficult because we're stretched. You want to give the likes of Ben Curry, Jono a rest. You want to give the Dupriers a rest because they have played a ridiculous amount of rugby. The problem is who then comes in. So the front row is fine because we're rotating every week and people are getting a decent rest. Second row is a real struggle. Matt Postlethwaite came on on the weekend and probably should play again. Reuben Birch probably comes up from Sale FC. But then back row, you know, Doug Dale might play, but is he fit? We don't know. Neil isn't fit. John and Ben Curry played absolute loads of rugby. I do think there's a bit of a.
2: Just to say, Doug Dale's out for the season. Injured. Oh,
1: no. Right. Well, yeah. So I, I don't know who plays back row. And it's a real. I, I, I don't know where all the players are, but. We're just getting very unlucky with obviously Tom Curry injured, Ben Curry um, having played loads of rugby, John having played loads of rugby, Cam Neill injured, Dan Dupree having not played loads of rugby. So where does where does our back row where uh, where do we get them from? And and the answer is probably playing hookers at back row, which seems to be the way we've gone.
0: Well, it's interesting as well. You know, you look at someone like Alex Groves who signed obviously from Bristol. In January, you know, is this going to be the chance for him to get a run-up? Because, you know, maybe the plan was always game, game training with the squad, whatever. We, we'll introduce him next season. But we are so thin on the ground, you know, up front or in the back row. Do you do you have to play Jean-Luc, for example, at six, which means there's a gap in lock, And as well, like Groves or obviously Don Barrow, who's who's actually only played the one game so far, could they slot in as well? Um I guess James, the the the, the other question, because obviously you know it's Premier Rugby Cup, it could it could go anywhere. We, we can't really do predictions. Is it you know if there's one player you know you're our prospects guy you know if there's one player that that you'd like to see get a run out uh, on on Saturday, who's who who's the one that you're uh,
2: you stumping for? To be honest, it's Gus War getting serious minutes under his belt. That that like you know, we, we, Gus War and Keon Wilksen are, are quite rightly going to be features for this squad moving forwards with one injury, they could be playing 80 minutes a, a, a week for the whole season for us. So we need to see them get a really good game time. We're really looking forward to that as kind of slightly more senior people. It'll be interesting to see how much we actually call up from, Sale FC, Coldy as well. We've got um, Goulet out at, at playing at 15 for, for, for Coldy. And then, of course, Curtis at Coventry. There's an argument for saying that, you know, we're desperate to get at least one of colby or sale fc up to the championship and that's actually strategically probably more important than just giving them a run out in the premiership cup to be honest uh strategically for us for as a club so i'm not sure we're actually going to call up carpenter and uh there's uh there's a few of them there actually uh, Is it tebbet the back row um and then there's yeah there's there's a, there's a few there and obviously for this for Tummy on a, a sunnier, he's 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 playing front row, uh, Cal Ford is playing front row. I I I don't think we're actually going to dip down too much. I think we'll bring one off Carpenter and Metcalf, and the other will start at 15 for Sale FC. Tom Curtis I could see us bringing him back if we need to make up the numbers. I mean we're less bothered about Coventry, to be honest. But then he's been there in and amongst. He's not been. He's clearly on loan. He isn't training with the first team squad at sale. So to suddenly bring him back and get him to fit in is quite tough. I think we'll. We'll. You know, it's a shame about Dugdale because I think he probably would have started at eight. Otherwise, um, Cam Neal should be back. It sounds like, uh, which is good. So he'll play at six. I think you're going to have to have Ben Curry starting at seven, aren't you? And uh, and uh, Jamoby Johnno at eight. Um, and ask him to put in a 40, 50-minute performance. Uh, Metcalf, I think, will get a game starting and probably Tom Roebuck needs a bit of a rest. He's had a lot of game time. Um, he has not had that long injury like Reed. So, yeah, it's a lot, long with answer. Uh, there's quite a few players knocking around, right? Um, it would be interesting to see if they call up somebody from the under-18s because their season's kind of come to a close. Um, most of them... Be thinking about A levels, but they might get some game time off the bench. So we're thinking about some of those England under 18 players. Charlie Wardle, who can play fly off or, or fullback, uh Tristan Woodman, who's going to be an outstanding number seven. I mean, like playing for England, I think, number seven. Um, and uh Jack Ellen, who's a loose head, and then a missing one. Oh, Ben uh I don't, I don't actually how to say his, his spell his second name, but he's, he's an MGS lad, so I, I so I'm I'm supportive. He's quite a big lad as well, but I don't think we'll see all of them. I think you might see Woodman off the bench if we're short of back rows. That might be about it.
0: You see, I thought I was going to sound very informed when I mentioned that Joe Carpenter scored a, scored a hat trick for Sale. I see at the weekend, and then you you've dipped into lads who were still. At school, cool. you know, you know <laughs> doing, doing French and Latin, you know, on during the days and then training during the nights. So that is impressive. But, you know, it is going to be really interesting to see, see what happens. And, and, yeah, A, who gets the call up? Because I think this is probably going to be a good barometer of who the management see playing a role in the first team next season. And, and it will be interesting as well to see, you know, a guy like Sam Hill, who, who might become very important for us sort of down the stretch, whether or not we see him getting prioritised for getting a bit of game time at uh, 12, or if you see a Conor Doherty, for example. Um, and I think that that probably does it for the pod this week. Um, I mean, I, I'd say we could do predictions, but I mean, you know, we've got no idea who the team is going to be, so it'd be a little bit foolhardy. Um, I guess before we go, James, Alex, is there, uh, is there anything else that, that you wanted to mention? Uh,
1: no, Thomas got called up seeing in the 20s, I think, uh, which is a very good... Result because I don't think we had any other players in, and probably deserved. So he probably would. I was going to mention him, but I think he'll probably be within the twenties. So best of luck to him.
0: And James, you got any thoughts on the the, the rugby league rumor that uh, that that came out over the last uh, day or so?
2: Yeah, we've got a got a rugby league lad who's been down at Witness, but he's kind of done a year at Witness, year at Huddersfield. Year leads Leeds or something, I, I, he, he hasn't been able to nail down that the, you know, a, a rugby league club. I don't know if he's just training with us or he's an option for next year. Maybe Sanderson sees him as a potential kind of option at 12 when Tulangi's either injured or with England as a kind of like for like replacement. It does beg the question then is what's happening with Hill? Um, we still don't have the confirmation he's definitely here next year, so don't know. Um not bowled over by the rumor, to be honest. Um, but uh, in acts we trust.
0: Yeah, I mean that that would be a a turn up for the books. A thirty year old rugby league prop coming in to be our, our our second choice twelve next year if Rohan leaves. That that would be uh, surprising. But you know, just wanted to reiterate that you know we we see everything that seems to happen at Sale uh, these days, even the really weird rumors. So that's a, a fascinating bit of news. Be interesting to see if anything comes of it. There was one other thing, and I can't remember when this broke. I, I just wanted to kind of chuck this in there right at the end. Um, Denny Solomona, obviously former SAIL player, is signed for North Harbour in uh, in the Bunnings uh, NRC. NRC. Is it NRC? I can't remember the New Zealand Provincial um, uh, Club competition. Um, so just, um, it's just great to see you, you. Really, you know, there was a lot of talk about Solomona obviously wanting to go home. There was talk about maybe. If he's going to be playing as part of uh, one of the Super Rugby teams, obviously linked to Moana Pacifica, uh, you know the the new expansion team in Super Rugby, looks like that hasn't happened. You know he's going to go down and play provincial level uh, in New Zealand. But just uh, just a really nice thing to see, um, and obviously we wish him. All the best. Um, and that's the pod for this week. So thank you so much to everyone uh, for listening. Thank you uh, to everyone who sent in three-word reviews. Uh, thank you to everyone who supports the Patreon. We're going to hop on there now to just do a quick uh, a quick recap of this this weekend's Six Nations action and look ahead to uh, the final weekend there as part of our mini-series. So if you're supporting us on that as well, we really appreciate uh, you guys to boot. So thanks very much, everyone. Uh, we'll speak to you Uh, next week, hopefully after uh, our young guns beat wasps Young, young guns